Welcome to Design Talk. In the next few episodes, we'll be looking at the design ecosystem for new products and new ventures, working across the product team interface, understanding how to work with teams from the outside in and the inside out. Hello, I am Mohammed Danish. And I am Julian. We are pleased to welcome Phil Golding, author, business agility advisor and consultant at Enterprise Flow. First, Finn, you've had an amazing career. Could you say a few words about yourself to begin? Okay, uh, I'll try my best to say a few words. When you've been in business as long as me, your bio takes a very long time to go through. But um, originally, I've worked in large uh, corporates and financial institutions, always in technology. So as a CIO or a CTO for companies like NatWest, RBS, um, HSBC, Visa. I worked in the US, in Chicago, in in San Francisco as well. Then I swapped into the sort of dot-com space in about 2004. So CTO at lastminute.com, travelocity.com, and paddypower.com. Hence, I live in Dublin. I'm not a gambler, but I was there to help them scale. I then started to do work with startups and moved back into the corporate world with Aviva as international CIO running their technology teams across Europe, out to India and Asia. And that was really getting them to do digital transformation and adopting business agility. So if you were to start from scratch, what would your ideal development team look like? So say, for example, numbers, composition, diversity, hierarchy, and location. It's quite interesting that you asked that question because um, the last three years, I'm now independent working with my own company, just on my own. And that's what I'm asked to do is help companies to um, actually establish themselves on a, with a brand new team or to look at an existing team structure and look for ways of improving it. So essentially, it's each team is, fits the context of an organization. So it could be that it's a couple of developers, test engineers, business analysts, product manager, product owner, etc. But it does have to fit into an organization itself. And that organization itself um, may already have these types of teams that are not working. So I try and find out why aren't they working? Is it because of the, the methods that they're using or is it the hierarchy itself? Or is it just the fact that these people are all in different locations and their time zones are not working correctly? Um, and in a follow-up question to that, what for you are the key practices for teams involved in software? Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I tend to think of it less about practices and more about behaviors. Uh, Do the team trust each other? Can they work and communicate with each other effectively? So I'm a big advocate of teams meeting every day um, in the morning, um, visualizing their work, um, actually talking about what is blocking them and how they can actually be more effective. Um, but since COVID and post-COVID, we're now all working in different hybrid models. And so we've actually had to adopt more online uh, tools to help with that but really it's around for me it's the it's collaboration social interaction trust and communication so coming on the uh, development life cycle so what are your views on agile basically what does agile mean to you <laughs> um i'll be a bit controversial i just say agile has failed completely um because it's been confined mostly to technology teams so it's become a little bit mired in methods that become rigid frameworks and some of those methods don't necessarily fit the context of an organization. 
So I'm a much more of an advocate of spreading some of those techniques out of the IT and technical world into the business world. And I came up with a concept called Flow and wrote some books about this. It's about how to make a business much more agile and how it can actually be really fitting much more uh, effectively with the technology team so that the whole organization is agile. So agile is a thing you are. It's not a thing that you buy. Um, and maybe talking about your flow concept, um, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, the way I looked at a business um, in, in, in the way that it operates, what's its operating model, is to see how work flows right from a business strategy through the actual, all the way through an organization to delivery. So you can use some agile techniques and, and, and phrases, et cetera, But those buzzwords scare business people off. So I came up with an idea for business agility, which was a, around how should the workflow, how do we innovate, how do we create, how do we interact with customers, and how do we shape a portfolio of work that can then be given to delivery teams to make happen? And then can we ensure that we've got value from that um, after we've delivered it? So it's actually using many of the techniques that you would see on the software side um, being a you know, applied to business teams and having uh, having a bit of fun as well, more interaction, less of this kind of siloed approach. Okay, so here it comes. Does the flow concept work for DevOps or service and for product development? Uh, well, actually, flow came out of my, uh, my knowledge and interaction Uh, from a DevOps perspective. I introduced DevOps at Paddy Power in 2013, mainly because it was a way of getting two different teams to work more collectively together, more collaboratively. So the development teams and operational teams working together. I was then asked to present that idea um, at the DevOps Enterprise Summit with Gene Kim about a few years ago. And I, I put the whole thing in the concept of flow because it's It's trying to take each of these organizational silos and putting them together. So that some people actually came up with the idea of biz, dev, sec, ops. It essentially just means a way of bringing teams together. I, I called it flow, um, as I say, because I think that's slightly different from um, what's out there in the marketplace. Um, maybe if we talk about a product now, what do you look for when you dig into the de design of a product and the, the design progress in a project? Yeah, the being much more from a technology delivery perspective, I've actually started to learn more about product and product design recently. So I kind of look at it holistically. For instance, this product proposition, where does it fit in the overall strategic plan? Is it actually designed or is it being designed for um, for our customers, for instance? Or has it been dreamt up by somebody and the business has no clue that what a customer needs? Um, where is the product itself in its um, life cycle? Is it something new that we should be heavily pushing into? Or is it something that we're doing care and feeding for? And actually, all the features, do they actually fit with what customers need? And so there is a Kano or Kano model that I kind of like, which helps you to think about prioritizing features for customer delight uh, rather than for um, any other reason which may not be appropriate. So I look at those things, um, and then I look at the ability of the team to deliver it. Okay, so just going a bit futuristic, um, after two years of remote working, how do you see work evolving over the next two years? That's a very, very good question, because 
Um, I work with lots of different organizations now advising them around the world. I'm working with two, one in Toronto, um, where the employees are not very keen to go back to the office, but the management want them to. And another one in London, where they've had remote working for quite some time, but they're finding that the collaboration, the culture is changing. So initially, I thought we would have a hybrid model that favored more working at home because software engineers don't like to context switch and they don't like to be interrupted. But other members of the team like collaboration. They like to work together. So it's getting that kind of flow. What, how should the team um, interact? Should they be in the office two days a week, three days a week, whatever? But in thinking about this today, I think a lot of people might be going to the office more whereas their heating bills become too expensive at home. So it's an interesting concept. But I'm actually seeing this hope hybrid model being a challenge for each business to work out. So I do think it's going to be something we're going to struggle with for the next couple of years. So we have a question from the audience related to Agile. Why do you think that Agile is completely failed? <laughs> the concept of Agile, basically. Um, well, mainly I get called into lots of companies to help them where it's not working. They've invested in Agile and it's not happening. And so what happens is that the, the technology teams are delivering at pace, but the upstream process, the business side could be um, yearly planning cycles or, or business strategy that hasn't been actually um, distilled yet for, for Agile teams to deliver. So there's kind of like this breakage between old-fashioned waterfall business processes and then you've got the technology teams working really well in Agile. Then you have a very slow release process where you have to go through gates and change management and all these other different processes which are slow on the back end. So I thought to myself, how do we make the entire thing um, much more agile? So getting businesses to pivot, to be more involved in the product design phase, to really be truthful about customer centricity, then getting this information really into a point where technical teams can deliver at pace. I just find most organizations, just IT is agile and the rest of it is not. Okay, so basically... Um Regarding uh, new roles being created in the market today, so like the role of a scrum master, what do you think about this? Is it really useful or, I mean, they are like redundant roles being created? I think um, you have to go back to the various agile manifestos and look at what, what some of these roles were designed to do. In fact, scrum master was never supposed to be a person. It was supposed to be um, an activity shared in the team itself. So each day it would, it would actually rotate. But it, the way that some businesses have implemented Scrum is to have tracking and defect management and all this other stuff. So Scrum Master has become partly involved in all of that information gathering and then playback. So it's become more of a, a, a discipline in itself. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I think some companies really do well with, with a, a, a strong Scrum Master community. But I'm finding other organizations are moving away from scrum master type roles to agile coaches. So a coach teaching the team how to be agile, how to gather the data themselves, how to be self-managing and, and being more effective at delivery. Therefore, I'm seeing some of these roles morph a little bit. Um, but I think every organization, every team needs to continually improve its practices. So therefore, you can introduce new types of roles and retire some of the older ones if necessary. Could you, could you share some tips on fostering an agile environment? Um, yeah, I think uh, 
you may be getting the message that I've talked more about collective ways of working, um, social interaction between people, building trust, um, having honest conversations in groups, um, you know, allowing that that kind of real feedback to be delivered effectively and, and received. So it's, I think it's more around the behaviors and people that you then become um, you know, an agile person rather than an agile expert. Therefore, I feel that you can actually get things done more effectively. And I'm working with a business team um, who don't know what agile is, but they are working in an agile way. So they, they're visualizing their work. They have a backlog of activities. Um, they're pivoting, they're making decisions. And we don't use the word agile. We just call it our day-to-day -day work, you know? Okay, so one more question for you. Um, how, to do, how to introduce flow, agile, to a site? All in all, uh, basically, it could be a small team or a whole organization. Yeah, I mean, this is the, this is the key for um, adopting any type of change. I call it scaling down to scale up, which is to pick one initiative, one, one say, product development or one project, um, assemble one small team and have that team um, in, introduce new ways of working, have them... Uh, be the pathfinders, the ones that can break through all of the bureaucracy in an organization, try new things. And the leadership observes how that team works. And I call it a lighthouse team. And that lighthouse is an exemplar of how you want things to work. So you iron out all the bugs in, in that, that kind of structure. You put together the team in a way that it set it up for success. And once it's completed its activities, you then start to scale from that team to other teams. So you take that one team and create two, get them effective. From those two, then create four, and then four and eight. Um, and that kind of scaling, cell division, as they call it, is a way to do transformational change at a low risk, but also just off the back of one team to start with. That's a very interesting approach. Um, any last thoughts before we finish? Um, well, just on the theme of product, you were talking about product and someone said to me, you know, what's the essence of product and product design. Um, and I talk about design in that perspective as kind of a symbiotic value. So in other words, we do product design, we create products for customers to delight them, but we also need to get some business value from it as well, some business revenue. So I think about this symbiotic value as a good way of thinking about design in my view. So thank you so much, uh, Finn. We'll wrap it up there. And uh, thank you so much for your time and appreciate it. Now you're very welcome. It's very enjoyable. Thank you for listening and sharing this episode. The music is dismantled by Ben Prunty and used with his permission. <laughs>